Welcome to the Critical Fitness Podcast. My name is Antonio. As of December 2021, I am the CEO, founder, and sole employee of Critical Fitness. Today, we're going to be talking about social life. Uh, as we are moving closer to January and 2022, and basically for the next like month or so, I'm going to be putting out a decent bit of content about starting the new year right, but Really, the way that you start your new year right is by basically starting right now with a better system. It's, it's not about changing your mind. It's not about coming up with a few ideas and a couple of tactics here. When you want to change your lifestyle, when you want substantial change, you're going to have to make substantial changes. And a big part of that is going to be your social life. And you need to think about your social life differently in regards to how it affects your health. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about here today. Folks, you may have noticed that uh, I'm probably going to sound different. This video is going to look different. That's because I'm trying to streamline this process both for myself and for the listeners. The last podcast was like three hours long. And I do think I got into a lot of stuff that a lot of people may enjoy, but let's be realistic. Uh, three hours is a lot, especially to listen to one person. I think even uh, the Huberman podcast is usually like an hour and a half. So uh, if you listen to three hours, great. If you enjoyed it, great. If not, I'm going to just try and make things more succinct because, let's be honest, that's just better content. It's better to try and make things more succinct if you can, and that's just a skill set that I got I to gotta work on. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about social life and how you should be thinking about your social life in regards to improving your health and uh, how you can go from living an unhealthy lifestyle to a healthy lifestyle. But before we get into that, if you don't mind, I just got to plug myself real quick. Critical Fitness is an apparel brand. All of the content that you see on this YouTube channel, on, on my Instagram page, anything that anything I have, TikTok, um, my blog, all of that, is ultimately to provide value for you and hopefully change your life, uh, but it's also to advertise this apparel brand that I'm starting. The ultimate goal for this company is actually to be a technology company. We're, I'm going to be making wearable technology. I'm actually, funny enough, working on my first invention right now. It is a front pack. Uh, it's like a backpack on your front, <laughs> obviously, uh, but it's also a posture fixture. Most posture fixtures that you see are kind of silly. They just The idea is, is that I guess they're just going to hold you, your shoulders back. They've got straps that just sort of hold you. Um, that doesn't work for a lot of different reasons, but the biggest one reason is that the, the biggest reason is that the human body is very good at compensating. So if you just put your body in a weird position, it's not going to necessarily fix your posture. We have uh, We spend $40 billion a year on joint surgery here in America alone, we have 1 million total joint replacements every single year. 1 million people every single year uh, will replace their joints entirely. And I think about 25% of those are shoulder joints. It means in your lifetime, yeah, there's going to be like 100 million plus people that are going to replace an entire joint. And most of it is unnecessary. Obviously, there's car accidents, there's impacts, but most people, most of the time, it's probably due to a, the negative compound effect that's working against them um, in terms of their shoulders and you know hips and whatnot. But this invention that I'm working on right now is going to be called the Critical Front Pack. And it is a, uh, a front pack that basically weighs down your shoulders and forces you to roll your shoulders back. So when you're putting stuff in your bag, your laptop, uh, weights, if you're holding a baby, because this is going to be modular, if you're holding a baby, if you're holding a camera, it's going to force you to use your rhomboids and force you to use that thoracic extension, uh, and you can wear it all the time. You can wear it while you're driving. You can wear it while you're working out, that type of thing. So hopefully you get the idea here is I'm trying to make wearable technology that uh, changes your life. I'm already in the process of, of making that front pack. Ultimately, we're going to be making 
technology clothing. Um, so anything you can do to help, I mean, again, I'm on a mission here. I'm on a mission to get America moving, get the world moving. I'm on a mission to get real results and change people's lives. Anything you could do to help, I would really appreciate it. I'm sure in the future, other people will appreciate your participation. That could mean telling people about the podcast. That could mean telling people about my Instagram page, criticalfitness.co. That could mean telling people about the YouTube here. It could obviously mean buying clothing, which I hope you like. I hope you like my designs. I make all the designs myself. I do everything myself. If you like this beanie, if you like my uh, warning series, like the Burning Critical, the Burning Desire uh, shirts, if you like any of that, go to my website, criticalfitness.co. There's no M on the end of that because I couldn't afford the M. <laughs> I got everything but the M. It's criticalfitness.co. And if you want to support this, this never-ending journey of this company that is one day going to, I really hope, make move the needle, get people exercising and move away from this toxic culture of you know, people just kind of sitting on their couch and watching football, just getting people moving and, and, and helping people so that they don't have to suffer through joint pain, suffer through uh, back pain, suffer through diabetes and all the, sh- all the stupid shit that we're doing to ourselves. If you want to help move the needle, now's the absolute most important time was when I'm getting started. Now is the time to support me, not in the future when I'm, when I'm getting investors and things like that. Uh, now is the time. Now is the time that I need help. So please, if you want to support this, if you like the content, please share it with people. And without further ado, now let's talk about your social life and how it impacts your health. The number one tip I give people when people say I'm trying to lose weight, when they're trying to get their health uh, under control, the number one tip I tell people is sleep. We're going to talk about sleep in another, in another podcast episode. But the number two I give is social life. When I say number two, I think people have this idea that there's like an incremental like, okay, yeah, like clearly number one is uh, sleep and then number two is like some kind of increment below sleep. In reality, sleep and your social life, they're like this. It's, it's, they're so close in terms of which one is more important. The only reason why I tell people sleep is because sleep is a major component of your motivation, and you're going to need motivation if you want to change your life. When I say people don't think about these issues deeply enough, when I say people don't think about their health deeply enough, when I say about the fitness industry, the fitness industry at large, the health industry, the allied health industries at large, have a very shallow, narrow concept of what it takes to take a person from living an unhealthy lifestyle to living a healthy lifestyle. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to think about that right now. If I told you to think about your health and exercise and fitness and the lifestyle that you want to achieve, if I told you to think about that long term, what would that look like to you? What does the idea of long term mean to you? There's a lot of people that would probably think long-term means five to maybe 10 years. You don't really get a whole lot of advice that gets that far. Most of the advice you hear in the fitness world is going to be, how do you make it for tryouts for football or soccer? How do you make get your next PR for that powerlifting meet? How do you get a summer beach bot? How do you cut for the summer? How do you bulk for the winter? Most of it's on a yearly cycle. And it's kind of left up to you to think long term. But again, 
When I say you're probably not thinking deeply enough, when I say long-term, I'm not talking five to 10 years. I'm talking 60 years. And I mean 60 years. I mean 60 years starting now. I mean 60 years if you're 60 years old. Yeah, it sounds kind of weird, but really think about this. What would it take to maintain a healthy lifestyle for the next 60 years? You might think that's crazy. Why would a 60-year-old want to maintain a healthy lifestyle for 60 years? That puts them at 120. Yeah, that's the point. That's my personal goal. As crazy as it sounds, my personal goal is to be able to like run around and throw a baseball and throw a football when I'm 120 years old. And as crazy as that sounds, I genuinely believe that that is within the realm of possibility. I think that there are going to be people within our gener- generation. I mean, we already have a growing number of... Uh, Above, oh, come on, I'm messing up the word. Uh, centennial, you know what I'm talking about. We have, we have a growing population of people that are above the age of 100. And those people were smoking, those people were drinking, they were inhaling uh, leaded gasoline. I think it is very reasonable to believe that, you know, I mean, I'm 30, we got, so that means I got 90 years in the next, I mean, 50 to 90 years of medical breakthroughs. I think it is reasonable to believe that, yeah, it is, it is possible that somebody like me, if I maintain a healthy lifestyle, for the next 90 years that I could be throwing a football uh, and, you know, having menial, like, you know, standing around, walking around and being able to be uh, self-sufficient when I'm 120. A lot of people think about health as like they want to live longer. Um, you, You don't necessarily want to live longer. You don't want a longer lifespan. You want a longer health span. Do you really want to spend 10, 20 years sitting on a recliner, you know, do you really want to sit, spend the last five years of your life with an oxygen tube and just laying in a bed and having people come and feed you and things like that? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Most likely, no, you don't. You want to be walking around. You want to be able to pick up your great grandchildren, that sort of thing. That's the dream that most people want. I mean, that's a dream that I think most people didn't even know that they really wanted until you actually start to think about it. So what are the logistics that it takes to get to that? What's, it, what's the logistics that it takes to have a, a lifestyle uh, that gets you to the point where you are 100 years old and you are still self-sufficient? Well, it's a lot. So amateurs talk tactics, professionals talk logistics, and this is why I say social life is number two. Social life is huge. Social life is absolutely fundamental in your success of maintaining a healthy lifestyle. We know this in so, so many different ways, and I'm going to break this down in, 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 a, in a bunch of different... So the problem with social life, the reason why I like talking about big concepts, sleep, social life, the reason why social life is not talked about in, uh, as much in the health and fitness community is because it's very intangible, it's very unquantifiable. There's not a lot of science about it. I've looked up, I tried looking up all kinds of science and research papers, any papers that I found were, honestly, they were pretty much garbage. Uh, they, Yeah, I mean, they said your social life has an impact on your health, but they were pretty much garbage because, I mean, social life is such a huge concept that it's very difficult to, to measure and predict an outcome. And that's, that's the goal of science is you want to reach a point where you can uh, take measurements and then create a model that predicts an outcome. And if there's just too many variables, then, it, then you can't reach that point just yet. And that's essentially where we are with social life. In the largest longitudinal study ever performed, there was really only one outcome, which is that basically they believe that people who uh, maintain a social life 
throughout their entire lives, throughout their entire, you know, late into their 60s and, and uh, 70s, uh, seem to live longer. This is kind of, this was a tricky one because it went hand in hand with the people who have one drink a day. And I would like to point this out to people. For some reason, when this longitudinal study came out, uh, for a while people were talking about, oh, one drink a day is what will uh, make you live longer. Remember, causation, uh, uh, correlation does not equal causation, right? So having one drink a day, well, what does that mean? Well, think about the type of person that has one drink a day. It could be an alcoholic, but you would think an alcoholic is going to have a lot more. They're going to have like six drinks a day, uh, something like that. The average person that's going to have one drink a day is probably a person that's doing what? They're going to a happy hour. They're going to uh, lunch with friends, that type of thing. I think it's more realistic to believe that the average person that's having one drink a day or averaging one drink a day is probably a social person. When you think about why social life would contribute uh, to your health and helping you live longer, you can think about big, soft things. Like, this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we say something is intangible or unquantifiable. Variables compound over time. Anything working against you now, that little problem in 60 years is going to be way, way bigger. Right now, if you um, if you have an injury and... Uh, you know, maybe it's difficult to move around your house. If you're young and you still got friends, maybe you got roommates, not a big deal. If you got roommates, not a problem. They can help bring you food. They can help move things for you. Uh, but as you get older, as those friends start to disappear, you know, here in America, most people slowly start to disappear and they start to just die alone. And uh, it's a very sad and toxic part about American culture is that we just sort of just spread out and just sort of let each other go and just die separately. And you can very easily start to imagine how every little thing uh, will start to work against you. If you, you know, if your wife, if you're divorced um, and you divorced 30 years ago, um, you know, if you start to have weird symptoms of something, maybe you're not remembering things the way that you used to, and it probably are showing signs of dementia. Well, if you don't have people, if you don't have friends to call you out or to point that out to you, you're going to probably miss that, and your dementia is going to hit a lot harder before you can get that diagnosis. Same thing, you could be, you could be uh, say the same thing about you know stroke or symptoms of a stroke if you had a minor stroke, that type of thing. Uh, any little anything that is working against you is going to compound. Right. If you don't have friends to support you, somebody that could take you to the hospital, somebody could take you to regular doctor visits, that is going to work against you. Those are things that you think about towards end of life. But what about right now? Right. I mean, how does this help you in 2022, uh, in January 2022, when you're trying to change your life or 2021 in December when you're trying to trying to change your life? Well, that's actually a lot more clear. It's a lot more clear. You can think about it much more easily when you think about how your social life is impacting uh, your health. The biggest, there's basically two things going on, which is that if you have uh, people working with you, if you have uh, friends that have a healthy lifestyle that are working in your favor, then obviously that's going to help you go into a virtuous cycle, right? We're going to talk about that more in, in, in a little bit. But the real hard part, the part that um, I think makes this kind of conversation difficult to have is the people that are holding you back, the people that are putting you in a vicious cycle. And what I mean by that is this, is that there's a lot of people that they don't really realize it, but essentially they're 
they're doing the uh, crab basket effect. They're performing the crab basket effect. Uh, if you don't know what the crab basket effect is, essentially what it means is that uh, you, you don't need to put a lid on top of crabs. You can just put them in a bucket because if one crab starts to escape, then the other crabs will grab them and, and pull them down. It's kind of a weird thing, and if you ever go to like a fish market or anything like that, you can see it happen. They literally just have open buckets of crabs, and they really do that. They really will just pull each other down and not let each other uh, escape. We humans do the same thing in a really weird way. Sometimes we sort of knowingly do that, but most of the time people unwittingly perform the, the crab basket effect. And a lot of it comes down to jealousy, but really what it is is that let's say you have a friend, you know, you, you want to uh, change your life. You want to change your life in a uh, beneficial manner to go out, exercise, eat, eat better, and maybe you're having some success. Well, we each have narratives going on in our heads at all times. We, we're telling ourselves a story about who we are, what we are, and why we are the way that we are. We're just repeating these narratives uh, about ourselves all the time. And a lot of times people tell themselves a narrative that they are the way they are because they have to be and that they can't change this. So it could be, for example, like I'm overweight because whatever, genetics, because of um, <sighs> genetics is usually the big one, especially here in America. But People will say things like, yeah, I'm just, I'm too busy. Um, yeah, after I had a child, that type of thing. People will, will tell themselves that they have like, that they have reasons that there's like real, real immovable reasons for why they are the way that they are. And if you are associating with this person and maybe you told yourself the same narrative or maybe they said the same narrative about you, and then they see you have a little bit of success, that breaks their narrative. That makes them realize that they were essentially telling themselves a lie. And most people, rather than dealing with that head-on, most people, rather than going, hey, wait a second, I was wrong about this, about my lifestyle. I don't have to live this way. I can totally change. Most people will just try to tear you down. And they will do it in the most subtle way possible. Uh, basically, you know, again, most people don't realize that they're doing this, but they will maybe start to like passively make fun of you. They'll say things like, oh, you're on a health kick, right? As if it's some futile response, like, oh yeah, you'll, you're going to give up in six months, that type of thing. Um, they will, they'll maybe start to like, uh, you know, whatever, they might bring more food around. Let's say it's a roommate or a significant other. They might start to bring more cakes or, or cookies, donuts around to try and tempt you. Again, these are things that people just kind of don't realize that they're necessarily, that they're doing, but they're just sort of unconsciously performing the crab basket effect to try and, and, and pull you down back with them. That way they don't have to deal with their own demons. They don't have to deal with the fact that they have been living a lie and that they've been telling themselves a, a false narrative. That would be like an active way that uh, people can hurt you. There is also just passive ways. Uh, tax, like you know, toxicity is kind of a relative thing. People can be toxic relative to you and to your goals in life. The example I like to give is that maybe you have a roommate who is awesome. They're just a great person, and there's really nothing wrong with them. But they're just very unhealthy. They just live a very unhealthy lifestyle. And the way that you may be associated with this roommate was playing video games or something like that. I, I depends on who you are, but maybe you have something that you bond with or you just like to hang out with. And 
you you like playing video games with this person, but you've decided, hey, this life is not going to help me out. If I keep doing this for the next 60 years, I'm going to mold into the couch. Uh, I'm not going to be healthy. So I have to change my life, right? Well, that person hasn't come to that conclusion yet. And so they're just going to keep living their life. They're going to just keep playing video games. So as you, you know, January 10th comes around, you're getting ready to go to the gym. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's cold out. Maybe it's too, like, just extra cold out. Or maybe you're just sore and just tired and you don't want to go to the gym. You're already primed against uh, maintaining these habits that you need of, like, going to the gym, eating healthy. You're already primed against that because your lifestyle has already been working that way for so long. And then your roommate throws you a controller and says, hey, let's play Call of Duty, right? That person is not trying to hurt you. Right? They may, they may not be any crab basket effect or anything like that. There may be no harm whatsoever. Uh, but they're pulling you down regardless, right? Having a, uh, a, a friend that, again, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with them, right? And this is the sort of the, the thing that gets really difficult is that ultimately what I'm getting at is, is that there are lots of good people that sometimes you just have to let go of. There are people that are, not toxic in the sense that they don't mean any harm. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but in order for you to get to where you need to go, uh, you might need to start to slowly let go of some people in your life. And the thing I like to tell people is that, although, yes, I mean, so, I mean, obviously what we're talking about here is you are the average of your five closest friends. And sometimes if you want to be healthier, you need to upgrade those, those five friends or those five closest friends. And that can be very painful, right? Um, but not only do you have to do it, but the thing that I like to tell people is that when you are saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And when you say no to that good person, there's nothing wrong with them that just wants to have fun with you, but just lives a less healthy lifestyle. When you say no to them, you're saying yes to a future person that is equally as good and has a positive, healthy lifestyle. There are plenty of people like that in this world, right? If you've got, I don't know, Dan the roommate that is obsessed with playing video games, and there is Amanda at the CrossFit, which we're going to get into, but Amanda at the CrossFit class, that is also awesome, right? Um, you're saying no to somebody who is a good person but lives an unhealthy lifestyle so that you can seek out these whatever Amanda's at the CrossFit that are also good people and live a lifestyle closer to the one that, that you want to have. And that's essentially what we're talking about here. We're talking about trading. We're talking about trading uh, the social life that you currently have for a new one that is more sustainable. And why is this so important? I mean, there's obviously, like I said, there's the negatives of people that are holding you back. There are people that will, you know, like I said, variables compound over time. Every time somebody that got that roommate, Dan, throws you a controller and says, hey, do you want to play video games? And you skip the gym to go to play video games, or you skip going for a jog, or you skip going to yoga class, whatever you decide to do. If you skip that one time, that's a variable, and it will probably compound, right? You're trying to form a habit. And if you skip one time, it's no different than setting your alarm. It's no different than brushing your teeth or anything like that. Every single time that you skip performing that habit, that is going to compound against you. If you go to the gym one less time a week, over the course of years, uh, that is going to compound against you. So, it seems it seems very simple and and uh, innocuous at first, but 
that guy who just wants to be your friend and just wants to hang out and smoke weed and uh, watch movies and binge Netflix and all that, not trying to hurt you or anything like that, but the effect that they're going to have is going to negatively compound against you over the course of a, of a year and the course of years. And remember, what did I say, folks? I said long-term. My definition of long-term is 60 years. Okay, so can you hang out with people like this for 60 years? If you want to live a healthy lifestyle, can you hang out with the type of person that does not want to live a healthy lifestyle for the next 60 years? You, I mean, you could do it. Let's be, let's be honest with you. Yes, you can do it. You can live a healthy lifestyle uh, and have all of your friends be very unhealthy. You can absolutely do that. It is just going to be very, very difficult or more difficult than it has to be. And if you're somebody who's already struggled with motivation when it comes to changing your healthy lifestyle or changing to a healthy lifestyle, that is just another variable that you probably don't need. Vice versa, if you want to change your life in a positive direction, on, on a positive note, people who live a healthy lifestyle can have a very positive effect for you. The thing I like to tell people is when you are looking for a social life when it comes to health, uh, you really want to look for that where were you last week situation, right? One of the things that's very frustrating about normal gyms is you've got all these people that are interested in the same things. They're interested in health. They have the same priorities. They're going to the same place all the time, and nobody talks to each other. And I think that's a major failure of our fitness industry. I think it's a major failure of gyms in general. Uh, the fact that it is oftentimes very awkward to interact with people at a gym uh, makes no sense. I don't. I don't understand how like it works this way, and it doesn't work that way for almost anything else. If it was a uh, Harry Potter convention, if it was a car show, people would be talking. Nobody would be walking around with AirPods in. Um, but this is like that on steroids. Literally, uh, people are going to the same place maybe multiple times a day or whatever, and. For some reason, there's this weird isolation where people are just, it's not kosher to necessarily talk to each other. And on one hand, I understand that uh, people, you, you want to be efficient with your time. Uh, maybe you've taken whatever, some pre-workout and you want to you wanna get a good pump in before you've exercised, that type of thing. But I can tell you, if, if you're just starting off, if you're just getting started exercising, if you're just getting started, just if you're just trying to change your lifestyle... This is that is actually something that is probably going to work against you is being in this environment where you're surrounded by people and you feel like you're alone uh, and that you're pushing through it alone. Um, we are social animals. Uh, we are not set up that way. Yeah, people like me, I go to the gym every day, and yeah, most of the times I, you know, if I know if I know people, I'll talk to the people that I know and everything like that. But there's probably more than half the time I go to the gym, I just go in and I go in and I don't talk to anybody. It's not a problem for me because this is my lifestyle and I have other different social avenues, you know, sports and whatnot. But if you're just getting started, that's going to work against you. And this is a huge part of the reason why if you're getting started exercising, um, I would really recommend looking for a community like maybe workout classes, uh, yoga classes, big groups. And again, the reason why is because you want that where were you last week situation. That's ultimately the, the best outcome that you can have when you're looking for a healthy social life, is the where were you last week. Not in the where were you last week. We're like, hey man, where were you last week? Or, you know, hey, where, where were you, right? And 
you can find that in a bunch of different ways. Like I said, if you go to yoga classes enough, if you go to CrossFit classes enough, if you go to, if you join a, a, a sport, uh, if you join a soccer team, a basketball team, a volleyball team, if you join something where people eventually start to expect you to be there, that is going to compound in a positive way, right? If, if you have that situation where you have that roommate that is, uh, th- throws a, a controller at you and says, hey, let's play go- Call of Duty, and then you do succumb to that and you just order takeout, smoke weed, and play Call of Duty, and then you go to the gym next time, and uh, let's say Amanda at the gym is like, hey, where were you last week? And giving you that positive sort of nudge, that positive sort of peer pressure, that is going to have a positive uh, virtuous cycle, positive compounding effect in your favor. So when you are first getting started in the, when changing your lifestyle, I would say seek out that type of situation. Seek out something where if you stop showing up, people are going to notice. Uh, it could be CrossFit. It could be yoga. could be uh, a dance class. It could be something, but you do want to be somewhere that people, um, can recognize you. And before I go much further, I do want to talk about some of the safety elements, especially with like CrossFit and sports. Um, if you have not exercised at all in the last couple of years, you may actually want to be careful with something like CrossFit or uh, playing a sport. Um, I would say that's the, probably the number one way I, I see people uh, fail when they're trying to change their lifestyle is getting injured because, you know, when you haven't exercised in a long time, um, a bunch of different things can happen. You've lost coordination. You have muscle imbalances that you don't realize. Your tendons have atrophied, and that's probably the biggest one, is that tendons take a very long time to get bigger and stronger. Your muscles can get bigger and stronger faster than your tendons can. And so one of the common ways that people get injured and then they're out of the race is that they their muscles get too strong for their tendons and they get an injury, and then that's it. Maybe it's a three-month injury. Maybe it's whatever. It could be a, it could be a, a one-month injury, but it just puts them out of that cycle and people give up for the year, that type of thing. So take it easy. CrossFit, yeah, a lot of people definitely get injured in CrossFit. I think the threat is real. But again, we're talking about social life. And one of the things I find so funny about CrossFit is that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally understand all of the criticisms that people have about CrossFit. I think it, they're all valid. But the reality is I think that movement has gotten more success of getting more people to be active than any other lifestyle. And it's probably for the same reason that, you know, veganism and vegetarianism has done the same thing. And I, I, I'm fully on board with all of the criticisms of all these lifestyles. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you have these, you know, cult-like, you know, or church-like communities, you are going to have more success. And I would say the real failure is not necessarily CrossFit or anything like that, but the failure of everybody else to not create these communities, the failure of the gyms where people are isolated and they feel lonely, even though they're surrounded by dozens or hundreds of people. That is the real failure. If you have something better to offer than CrossFit, you need to make a social version of that because you are getting beat by somebody that you believe has an inferior model but is offering a social element. And just by incorporating that, yeah, you would be making the world a better place. You would be getting more success. So yeah, I understand the pros and cons of all of these different cultures that have arisen here in America and probably uh, probably the world. But at the end of the day, when you have that situation of where were you last week, that's going to be the one that wins. That's going to be the one that uh, beats out everybody else. So 
If you just got started, if you're coming off the couch, so I mean, if you're what I would call a, don't take this the wrong way, if you're what I call a zero, meaning that you have not been exercising at all, you just got off the couch, and you wanna start in 2021 of December, or January, or whenever, you probably do wanna take it easy in the beginning, you probably do want to, I don't know, go for a jog, maybe do some at-home workouts or whatever, but definitely take it easy before you get back into that sport. I know some people might be like, well, I was a D2 volleyball player in, high, in college, well, if that was 10 years ago, it doesn't really matter, right? Because your body is a completely different composition after 5, 10 years, and you probably are not going to be able to just jump into the thing that you did. So by all means, I absolutely recommend people join a class, uh, to take, a, take yoga, join a, join a team or anything like that. But if you haven't been exercising for a long time, your safety has to be your priority because obviously if you get injured and you're out of the race and that's it, it's going to be a lot more harder to come back. I probably recommend starting with something soft like yoga, um, maybe a dance class, that type of thing. But you got, again, we're talking 60 years, folks, 60 years. I know I started off saying that this is New Year's and New Year's is coming up, but forget New Year's, fuck New Year's. Think about 60 years, right? And you not making your whatever goal by the end of this year or by the summer or any of that is going to be all bullshit in 60 years. So don't think about that. Think about your safety now. And then once you have that safety, once you have, you know, a good bit of strength and coordination, then get, yeah, look for that social community. Look for that CrossFit gym. Look for that soccer team, that basketball team, that volleyball team. I'm sure baseball team and whatever, whatever it is, look for that team, look for that tribe, look for that community that is going to be uh, that's going to miss you. So that's like the biggest positive is the, the, where were you last week? But that's like the, just the exercising portion, right? What about the rest of your social life? Um, it is actually amazing the effect that hanging out with other healthy people, like-minded people, right? I mean, obviously it's kind of weird because you don't want to be, you don't want to hang out with people that are too like-minded because Diversity is the spice of life and all that. But um, when you are hanging out with people who uh, have a healthy lifestyle, yeah, there's variables compound over time. And all of these little things are going to change. If you hang out with a bunch of people that also work out and you go to their Christmas party, right? Uh, some people, yeah, they're going to they're gonna go full board. They're going to hog out. They're going to have cookies and all that. But there's definitely lots of healthy people that when they're going to have a party, they're going to have celery and broccoli which to you might be boring right now. To me, that sounds amazing. And this is what I'm talking about. If you came to my house and I had a party, uh, rather than having like, you know, whatever, tons of cookies and shenanigans, I probably would have some of that, but mostly I would have probably like popcorn, hummus, celery, um, you know, things that you might think are boring, but to a lot of people that I hang out with are like exactly what they're looking for, right? And that's what happens is these little things compound over time. If you're hanging out with healthy people, they might not drink as much when you go out. You're probably going to have people that are going to black out a lot less. And every time you do that, it compounds. If you're hanging out with the same crew and you go out every Friday or every Saturday night or whatever it is, and they're having one less drink, and you're having one less drink because of that, that is going to compound. Okay? If they are consuming information, one thing I like to talk about is... Um, on uh, a long time ago on Facebook, uh, there was this weird troll scam going on where if you set your iPhone, they, people were saying that if you set your iPhone to the year 1972, that it would unlock this retro theme. It would unlock this 70s retro theme. And I saw that and I believed it. 
And what's funny is I worked for Apple for nine years. Even though I worked for Apple, I believed that. I thought, oh, cool. And I was about to change my phone <laughs> to 1972. But then I read the comment from one of my friends. And one of my friends said, it, don't do this. It'll brick your phone. It'll make your phone just turn into a brick. The point of this story is you don't have to know everything. You are not an island. You don't have to have all of the information. But if you have a social network of people, your social network is part of your information base. And so if you're hanging out with people that are also taking health importantly, they're going to be consuming information and they're just going to be passively sharing that with you. Again, compounding effects, variables compound over time. So all of this information, sometimes people ask me like, Antonio, how do you know so much about uh, whatever, the human body and that type of stuff? And I, I've, been, I've been living this life since I was like 13, pretty much. I mean, I definitely in college, I like got a little crazy or whatever, <laughs> uh, as I'm sure many people did. But, uh, you know, for most of my life, I have been taking my health relatively seriously. And then in the last like whatever, I don't know, last five, six, seven years, I've been taking it even more seriously. And it compounds, variables compound over time. If you hang out with people that work out, you're gonna get more workout tips. If you hang out with people that eat right, you're gonna get more eating tips. Just variables compound over time. And of course, you can only imagine, if you're maintaining this lifestyle, how these variables are gonna compound over the course of decades, over the course of 60 years, so that you, in 60 years, if you've been hanging out with the Amandas at the CrossFit gym for 60 years, you're going to look like a very different person than the Dan who's the, the roommate throwing a controller at you and asking you to play Call of Duty, right? If you're playing, if you're hanging out with the video game Dans for 60 years and you're playing, or you hang out with the CrossFit Amandas for 60 years you are going to look like two very different people. It's going to be like a Schrodinger's cat where it's like just like two dead and undead, right? Just completely different people. But folks, like I said, I want to try and keep this as brief as I can. I've already talked too much. So I'm just going to end. I'm going to leave it with this. So in the Vietnam War, uh, heroin use in, by American soldiers was insane. Probably unrecognizable to what we would even consider by our modern drug epidemic issues here right now, where we have 100,000 people dying a year from drug overdoses. The heroin use in American soldiers in Vietnam was insane. Uh, I've heard the estimates were like well over 50%, maybe even up to 90%. And the military and, and the government at large was very, very afraid that when our American soldiers came from Vietnam, that they were going to come back and they were going to all die of overdose or they were going to start a, a, their own epidemic, which ultimately happened anyway, but that they were all just going to continue using heroin. Uh, but the extreme majority of them, when they got back, immediately stopped and never went back. This is heroin we're talking about, folks. This is heroin, which by that time was the most addictive substance. Now, obviously, we have crazier stuff. We have meth. We have fentanyl. We have all kinds of crazy stuff. But at that time, heroin was it. Heroin was the most addictive substance. And the idea that people uh, would not use that after they got, uh, after they came back to America was just insane. And it's obviously way more complicated um, than that. There's a lot of different things going on. But they have replicated this with rats. 
where basically if you have one group of rats that have nothing to do but use cocaine and you have a bunch of rats that have cocaine, but then they also have other rats to hang out with. They have toys. Um, they have the ability to have lots of sex and social life and everything like that. The rats that have that whole healthy ecosystem, the rats that can go play on the wheels and things like that, will basically not use cocaine or use a lot less cocaine than the rats that have nothing to do but use cocaine. Replace cocaine, replace heroin with everything else in your life that you are using to compensate, right? If it's video games, if it's sugar, whatever it is, replace cocaine with that. When you have other things to entertain you, to help you compensate, when, you have, when you're dealing with trauma, when you're dealing with anxiety, when you're dealing with anything that this modern world can be, you know, this world can be very cruel. This world can be very, very harsh. And one of the toxic things about American culture is that we're, we're continually failing uh, to come closer in a social sense. Our, we are a social species, and for whatever reason, we live in an antisocial uh, country. And I don't think it's any small wonder that we have another drug ep um, epidemic. We have a drug epidemic of 100,000 people dying every year. I don't think it's any small wonder that we have an obesity epidemic. I don't think it's any small wonder uh, that we have a regular pandemic, right? Because we extremely undervalue our social lives here in America. And we don't understand the effect that it has on ourselves in both the short term and in the long term. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to stop saying it. Think about your life over the course of 60 years. You may need to make very extreme changes in your life. You may need to, to cut out people. What I always like to tell people is uh, the more extreme your problem is, the more extreme your sacrifices may need to be. Uh, if you take somebody who is trying to you know, rehabilitate from drug use, you take them out of rehab and you put them right back in the same neighborhood that they were where everybody else is using drugs, they're probably going to start using drugs. If you take that same person and you transplant them into another part of the country and hopefully set them up so that they're not just immediately set up for failure, but if they're completely disconnected from the people that were pulling them down, yeah, they're going to have a lot more success. That has been shown time and time again. right? The, the, the web that you are in, the social web that you are in is going to dictate uh, that's a good analogy. I should just I should just call it that your social web because let's think about it, that's what it is. If you're stuck in your social web, right? If your social web is pulling you down, think about it like that. I don't know why I never thought about it that way until just now, but think about it like that. Think about it like a web, right? You're trying to move up, and the web is pulling you down. Don't don't look at what I just did with my hands. That was kind of weird. But basically, <laughs> if you the web is pulling you down, if you if you attach yourself, if your social web is above you then they're going to pull you up with them. I probably should have just started that way, but whatever. I didn't, I didn't come up with that idea just yet. Maybe I'll do an illustration. Um, and I think one of the big things about the world of fitness that's interesting is that when you go to gyms and things like that, yeah, they're kind of, uh, they're kind of intimidating. People got their headphones in. Um, everybody like myself, I've got resting bitch face, resting murder face. Um, I don't look very approachable for the most part when I'm at the gym and things like that. There's a lot of people like me where they just look angry and that's just kind of how working out is for some reason. You can, you can go to places like that and it'll kind of, um, it's more difficult to connect with people. It's not, I wouldn't say going to a regular gym is the best way to meet new people. But the funny thing about the fitness world is that you couldn't find a community that where it's more easy to meet people and where it's more easy to meet people like yourself, 
Uh, so let's, for example, let's say, let's say you drive a BMW that you can't really afford. Maybe you should get into bodybuilding. Let's say you talk so loud and you scream so loud that it's probably causing ear damage to the people around you. Maybe you should get into powerlifting. Let's say you use charcoal instead of deodorant. Take a yoga class. Do you hate big government? And you can't shut up about how much you hate big government. Join a CrossFit gym. There is a community of people. (laughs) There's a community of people for any type of person that you are that is there waiting for you. They'll take you as is. They will take you with all of your all of your highs and all of your lows. And I mean, the world of fitness is huge. It was huge before the pandemic. And now it's insane how fucking huge it is. There are, there are all kinds of people in this world that are waiting for you to join them. And they will just, they can be lifelong friends and they will like that social web pull you up for the rest of your life, for the next 60 years of your life. And by hanging out with people that are pulling you down, you are saying no to those people. You're saying no to the people that are trying to pull you up. Folks, I hope this brought you, I hope this this helped you, especially if you're somebody who does not work out. Right now in this phase, I feel like a lot of the people that are following me already do work out or have some type of a healthy lifestyle. If you think this would be beneficial to somebody who does not live have a uh, healthy lifestyle, please send it to them. Send it to whoever. Send it to your cousin. Send it to your neighbor. Send it to your roommate. Send it to wherever. Uh, send it if it's passive-aggressive. Send it if it's aggressive. I don't care. Send it to people. And like I said, just help me move this needle, folks. I'm, I, I want to help people more who don't exercise. Uh, I, that's probably the, the main target. I'm, helping to, I'm trying to help people leapfrog uh, out of their unhealthy lifestyle into the healthy lifestyle. Uh, a lot of people who already exercise, they are, maybe they already know a lot or they think they know a lot. Uh, they're probably already set in their ways. And quite frankly, I don't really care if they're already working out. That's a net positive. That's great. I want to talk to the people who maybe don't exercise but want to exercise. Um, but yeah, I mean, folks, I would really, really appreciate it if you, if there are people that are struggling with motivation and maybe haven't considered how important their social life is when it comes to health, uh, please send this to them or tell them about it, that type of thing. And of course, one of the absolute best ways, if not the best way, I have no Patreon. I have no donor box or any of that shit. All I do is sell apparel. So if you want to support this content, uh, it would be to buy clothing like this or this beanie like this. Hopefully you can see it. The lighting's kind of dark. Uh, I got hoodies. I got duffel bags. Um, like I said, I have an invention that I'm going to be coming out with in the next year or so. So be on the lookout for that. I have everything, folks. I've got like a hundred different products. Um, the sports bras, according to the, the women that are wearing them, I haven't worn them, but according to the women are absolutely incredible. Many of them say that it's their absolute best sports bra. The thing that they always tell me, I didn't know this as a guy, but apparently half the workout is getting the sports bra on. And apparently these sports bras are super easy to get on and off. So yeah, I don't really know. I haven't tried uh, many sports bras in my life. In fact, I've tried exactly zero. Maybe I will one day. We'll see. I'll do it. You know what? I'll tell you what. If this gets, let's do something crazy here. If this gets uh, a thousand likes, let's fucking do that. Let's do, if this gets a thousand likes, if this video, this podcast gets a thousand likes on YouTube, I will do a sports bra try on. I don't even care, folks. I don't even care. That's where I'm at right now. I'm desperate. I don't love myself. And I want a thousand likes. So, folks, if you want to see me, if you want to see a hairy man put on a sports bra, 
Tell everybody about this podcast. Tell them to go to YouTube and hit the like button. Uh, Follow, subscribe, do all of that stuff, please. Thank you so much. And as always, have a great workout.